You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. 28 for the quarter, Fairy Tinkerbell first to see the judge. Monami is out after it, stylish Memphis has peeled out wide and is starting to let down with a good turn of foot. Then came the Honey Queen and further out Diamond Party, Wainui Creek going to the lead, Monamia. But here comes the champion, Mare Stylish Memphis up on the outside, flashing right down the outside, a spellbound with a brilliant turn of foot, but it's Stylish Memphis in front. She goes back to back. Stylish Memphis staves off spellbound. Third is a camera. Yes, last year's Ladyship Mile. Who's going to win it on Saturday night? Another two favourites for this race are Brave You Kelly at 3.50 with tab 3.10 about number 12, Tough Tilly. Chris Barsby, good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. That's going to be a fantastic race. And the interesting part with this race, Menangle officials have that possibility or have that option of inviting the Ladyship Mile winner into the Miracle Mile. So will that play out in 2023? Time will tell after that race on Saturday night. What do you think, Chris, personally? Do you, would you like to see the winner of that race in the in the Miracle Mile the following week? Well, I, I don't mind seeing the mares going up against the boys, but, you know, history proves that it's a tall order for a mare to take on the boys and beat them. So is there a mare that's good enough to do it here in 2023? I'm not so sure. And if they don't invite the, the Ladyship Mile winner, are they looking at Captain Ravishing? So I think Darren Clayton made a really good point yesterday. I think they'll keep their powder dry with Captain Ravishing until they see all the races play out on Saturday night. So it's going to be a very interesting period, uh, an hour or two after these feature races are run and won on Saturday night. Mm, did I read a comment, though, earlier this week on social media that the horses like, are basically immoral to get in, um, Captain Ravishing? Regardless? Well, well, you may have. Um, mm. you know, there, there's plenty of media support for him to be in this race because, you know, he's the horse that everyone wants to talk about. Although he got owned, uh, you know, last Saturday night, Catchaway destroyed him sitting outside him in fast time. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. But, um, you know, it looks like they're keen to, to have another throw at the stumps, uh, Captain Ravishing. There's no issue that has been found after that uh, defeat last Saturday night, so we'll wait and see. And his favourite for the race at this stage. Mark Jones is with us, Chris. Well, on Saturday night, this Ladyship Mile, uh, Stylish Memphis is chasing history, Steve, because there's only been three mares in the race's history that have gone back-to-back. And, you know, we're talking top-shelf mares, Jody's Bay, Diamond Debutante. The last mare to go back-to-back was the great tailor-made Lombo. Uh, Jody's Bay, Diamond Debutante, never got a chance to go for the three-peat. Tailor-made Lombo did, and she was unplaced in that third attempt. So here's Stylish Memphis lining up for her third shot at the Ladyship Mile, the Queen Elizabeth, as it's now known, and she's got a terrific chance. The man that uh, brought us uh, Stylish Memphis and is still heavily invested with this mare is online now, Mark Jones, and he's with us. Mark, good morning or good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, Chris. Can she do it? Can she make uh, make history on Saturday night? I uh, would love to think so, but you know, I think the quality of the field this year is probably a step up from last year. And um, in saying that, I thought her run last week or two weeks ago was probably just a couple lengths down on what she what she probably could do and whether it's a sign that she's just coming to the end of it, you know, we're not too sure. But, you know, Jack's very happy with her and you think she's improved from two weeks ago. So you've got to begin to win, don't you? 
You do. Two years ago, when she won this race, she stopped the clock at 49.2. She got the invite to the Miracle Mile, and you accepted. Last year, she won in 151.9, and she didn't get the invite. So if she gets the, the, the win on Saturday night and an invitation is issued, would you accept? I think we'd definitely accept, but we'd probably um, we'd have to sit down and we've got to work out when she actually got served and how long she can race for, because... I think we'd be down to days if we're allowed to. She got served over here before she come to Australia, so um, we haven't really looked into it too far. But you know, if she was able to race, and it would definitely take the take the invite anyway. Okay, so potentially this could be her final ever start on Saturday night. Yeah, I think so, Chris. Just um, you know, she'd have to win the uh, the ladyship pretty good to to even warrant being you know suggested for the for the Miracle Mile, especially after missing after last year, the disappointment and, you know, you've got some pretty good, you know, geldings and free fallers that are, you know, in those heats that may miss out. So, yeah, it's probably looking likely that, you know, Saturday night will be her last run. I know last year she had a perfect run in transit behind the leader. Yeah, she did and she probably, she won it and probably could have won it a wee bit better, but you can't do any more than winning and, you know, she had to do a wee bit early, so drawn out a bit this year is going to be a wee bit different, but probably what's in our favour is you know, the main dangers are drawn outside us as well, so that probably brings it back into play a wee bit. Jack's got a really strong hand in this race on Saturday, Mark. Uh, so w- was he always confirmed to be driving Stylish Memphis or was Stylish Memphis his choice? Uh, it's always been Jack's choice, I think, for the sentimental value there with, you know, how good Stylish Memphis has been to Jack and it was probably the first horse that we, we sent to Jack and he'd done a great job, so it's, you know, it's been a great relationship and, you know, we're lucky to see an Embraview Kelly over and she's she's improved a hell of a lot too. But, yeah, I think just sentimental and he, he made the choice early on to stick with Stolas Memphis and we were quite happy with that. Okay. Now, she's in foal to Captain Treacherous. So that's a very valuable foal in, in the making there, given that, you know, one, two in the Chariots of Fire last Saturday night and the results from your yielding sales this week, uh, they, they've been astronomical for Captain Treacherous. Yeah, you, if you wanted one and you weren't Stonewall, you never really got one over here. They were extremely wanted, the treacherouses, and you're going to see the results on both sides of the Tasman there in America that, you know, here's the new Buzz Stallion, and being a bit of like Mears, you know, she's got everything going for us, so we're pretty, pretty happy with the choice that Wayne has made to go to Captain Treacherous. Is that result in foal bound for the sales, or she'll be retained? I'd say if it's a filly, it'll definitely be retained a colt, maybe, but Wayne does enjoy racing his horses. He's a real sportsman and um, he's got a yeah, fantastic breed of horses that he's got and he, is, he does really enjoy racing horses and he's got plenty of money so um, hopefully he does retain it because you know to try buy these horses it um, should be extremely extremely um, expensive exercise but and saying that he's a businessman too but I'd like to think he'd retain the first few foals anyway Yeah, she's been an absolute ripper though hasn't she? She's competed at the highest level from day dot and uh, here she is lining up for you know, potentially, you know, a history-making moment if she can claim this race again. Yeah, she's just been a wonderful filly and mare for us. She raced in the elite level from two, you know, right through right through to today. And, you know, we had a sold as a two-year-old to West Australia and they decided not to take her and probably done us a favour. And, you know, when you're racing at the elite level, she's probably just showing the signs of it now and she's taken on the self-assureds and the copy that's here and competed well so she's never had an easy race she's always been in the group races and never dodged a fight and she's always you know stood up and done us proud so yeah she deserves a great retirement and as i said it'd be a fairy tale if she went out on a winning note
Yeah, absolutely. Now, Bravia Kelly, who strongly fancied, and she is absolutely flying. Two runs this campaign. She's won them both. You always told me that she was ideally suited to the Australian conditions, the mild racing, the big track at Menangle. So you were spot on with your assessment of this mare. Connections must be absolutely thrilled with the way she's performing. Yeah, he's owned, owned by, or she's owned by a great, great people. And Paul and Mandy Pierce are just farmers from down south and great people. And to be honest, it took him a fair bit of convincing to send her over there. He was going to retire a bit. But yeah, with the association with Jack and you know, having horses racing Aussie a lot, we kind of knew what would be accepted pretty well at Menangle. And she was the ideal type of horse. She's, she's very, very fast. And Jack's toughened her up a wee bit. And she just suits that mile racing. And, you know, she, she's a very good filly here before she came over. And she's warranted our decision. And, you know, that she's gone into the, into the race on Saturday night in great form. What are your thoughts on the draw with her? Naturally, you would have been a little disappointed that she's drawn, you know, so wide on Saturday night. Yeah, it's pretty disappointing to be out there. And, you know, it's only a starting point and, you know, you can only blame the bad draw after the race. But if there's any positives there that, you know, the other favourites are drawn out, out wide with her and there does seem to be a wee bit of gate speed inside her and even from probably where Stylish Memphis drawn, she may have to be first to go, which probably not really suits her. So, you know, it's it's probably not ideal, but in saying that, you know, she she is very, very fast. And if she gets a cut into it, she, yeah, she's as quick as most in that race. You got the right man for the job, Cameron Hyatt, low flying at the moment. Yeah, I think Paul Pierce, the owner, was pretty worried when when Jack committed to um, Stylish Memphis, but um, yeah, you definitely can't you can't complain about Cam Hart, and he's he, he committed to it early on, and I think he made a pretty good choice, and you know we've got one of the best in the business, so we're more than happy. Mark, I'm just looking at the Captain Treacherous's fee at the moment in New Zealand, about twenty thousand. That seems reasonable. Yeah, he's very, very reasonable over here and, you know, probably lucky in New Zealand we haven't got that um, fee on top that the Australians have to, to fund the Eureka race and that. So, you know, we're, we're sending a few more of our better mares to him and, yeah, he's going to be booked out pretty quick here and, as I said, they're, they're very wanted commodities over here. So he's, um, he's very well priced, especially to what, you know, some of the other Australians are here. What was it like during the week with the sales? Was it hard going or did you get the ones that you wanted? I uh, definitely didn't get the ones that I wanted and I think you'll find most of the stables didn't and Stonewall got what they wanted. So, yeah, I think it's a great thing for the for the breeding industry here with Steve Stockman from Stonewall Stud stepping up and yeah, he's putting millions into the business and putting money into the right people's pockets to get the breeding game up and it's hard for our stables to um, compete with that at the at the sales and, and fill our barns up. But, you know, going forward, I think it'll get the breeding numbers back up and that's good for the industry. It's going to be very hard to beat on the track, but, you know, competition's a great thing and, yeah, it might bring all of us to, to bring our level up a bit to compete and that's what we need to make the sport good again. How many uh, did you have an order for and how many did you bring home? Uh, we had an order of three and we, we got two, so um, they're pretty reasonably priced by the, you know, by the right stallions too and good family. So we're quite happy. I'm probably probably a bit cutting. I spend the money that's my own. I'm a wee bit careful with it. So, um, yeah, it just leaves the door open to options down the track. We'll probably look at coming to the Australian sales as well. And, you know, Brisbane has got quite a good catalogue coming up at the Magic Millions um, centre and that. So, yeah, it leaves a bit of money in the bank to spend and hopefully, you know, we can come to Aussie and spend a bit of that. Okay. Speaking of Australia and speaking of Queensland, you've campaigned here previously. Um, Bravia Kelly, is there a chance that she could come up during the Constellations in our carnival and race for 
the, the Golden Girl, the Group One feature. Are we likely to see you come over now that we've really bolstered the, the, the trotting side of the carnival? I think you will, Chris. I think I'm um, talking to Jack. You know, he won that race last year with the Kiwi horse Town Echo, and I'm pretty sure he'll have um, Bravey Kelly targeted there. And you know, I'd probably like to think I've, be, I've got a better one at home than Bravey Kelly and La Rosa. And if she comes up as good as we hope, she probably may look to come. And we probably will look at bringing one, probably two trotters, and um, a nice trotter we had last year, Hot to Trot, and another trotter from called the Present Maker, who's it's quite a progressive horse coming through the grades, so probably a good way to spend the winter. And with the money and the way they run the carnivals in Brisbane, it's you know it'd be great to get back there. It's been a few years since we've been there, and hopefully we can turn up with a bit of horsepower. Yeah. Well, well, that new race, the Great Square for the three and four year old trotters, originally put at seventy five thousand dollars. It's already doubled, so it's up to $150,000 thanks to the support of Pat Driscoll and Yabby Dam's Farms, Harris Detroiters. So it, it, it's hard to ignore, isn't it? That sort of prize money for trotters at that age. I had 75000 We were excited, Chris, and when you know Pat came along and doubled the price and that to 150, it's unbelievable. And in New Zealand, we've got nothing for four-year-old trotters, and especially in the winter, it's hard going. And you know, to, to go to our owners and say we can come to Brisbane and race for 150000 yeah, and also other races in the carnival. It's very exciting and, you know, very appealing to the owners. So I'm sure the, you know, the um, industry out there will get supported from New Zealand because of the, the money they put up. And, you know, the trotters from around Australia will come as well. So it'll only boast, you know, boast the carnival. Well, we've had more news come out this morning about uh, feature races during that carnival being bolstered. So just give me a little quick snapshot just from the sales this week. Was there a bit of talk over there amongst the locals that, Queensland's on the right path here. We're going forward. Uh, definitely, it's very positive talking New Zealand about Queensland and talking to a number of trainers, even attending your sales coming up, but probably more so the trainers are very positive about coming over to your carnivals and that includes the free-for-all horses and everything and then you go forward to the ends of millions and that. So, um, yeah, that's we, we, we notice everything in New Zealand and, to be honest, our industry is going pretty average over here and when you see the positivity in Queensland especially, it's, it's very exciting. And, you know, you talk to guys like Tim Budd and that, how, how good it is over there, the lifestyle, the racing, the money and everything, the opportunities. You know, we're, we're going backwards here and Queensland's definitely going forward. Well, we, we've got the fingers crossed that you'll be back in Queensland at some point this year, hopefully for the carnival, maybe the end of the minute, maybe both. Who knows? We'll take both, that's for sure, in certain. Best of luck on Saturday night with those mares, stylish Memphis, hoping hoping to create history in Bravia Kelly's in, in super form. So they're both going to be a, a real threat in that race. But appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks so much, Chris. Appreciate it. Mark Jones joining us. A world, a former world driving champion, Steve. He went to uh, Canada. I think it was back in 2001 and uh, was able to win that title over there, taking on the world's best drivers. So he knows how to uh, drive a good horse and he knows how to prepare a good horse. He's had a lot of good success. So it'll be great to see him back in the carnival during uh, July here in Queensland. Disappointing his comments, isn't it, about the state of racing, harness racing in New Zealand at the moment, his opinion. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite startling in, in many ways, Steve, but um, there's been, you know, not a great deal of positivity, like he said, for some time now. So, um, you know, the fact that, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about Queensland going forward, hopefully we might be uh, uh, the beneficiaries of uh, some Kiwi talent headed our way, whether it's equine or, or human, but... Um, yeah, it's just a little disappointing with the way things are going over there. Yeah, we talked about Captain Treacherous. Of course, Tough Tilly is the favorite, one of the favourites for that race. Uh, the Queen Elizabeth Stakes is by that sire 
on the weekend. Beach Music and Tough Tilly come around the bend together. They were followed, uh, joining in by Platinum Sparkle. Antonia's trying to wind up. She's coming. Armour Renegades behind those. Antonia sets out after them. Going to the leaders, Platinum Sparkle, Rogue Wave. Rogue Wave goes up now to hit the lead. Now being joined by Antonia. Two group ones for Jack Trainer. Why settle for one? It's Antonia. A local victory beats Rogue Wave in third spot. Beach music. Then came Tough Tilly. All right, Chris. Yeah, David Thorne prepared Antonia, a winner of the New South Wales Oaks two years ago. David's going back to the well on Saturday night with a Queensland owned filly in sky blue. He's been kind enough to join us now. David, appreciate the time. Not a problem, Chris. How are you? Very well. Can lightning strike twice? Can you do it again on Saturday night? Well, I'd like to think so. Um, you know, she's definitely one of the top chances. Um, she's drawn good and uh, she went really good last week. I was really happy with her first run over a mile and a half and she did a bit of work early. So I think she'll benefit from that run. Okay. So two years ago... Antonia, it was you, Jack Trainer. Here we are again. It's sky blue this time, you and Jack Trainer. She comes up with a perfect draw. Was that crucial for her chances on Saturday night to come up with a good alley? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, obviously drawing out right out wide makes it very hard. You know, she probably didn't have to, she probably just had to draw in the top five, you know, but um, luck in running is going to play a big part. And, um, you know, she's, she's drawn inside the major players. So um, the ball's in our court you know, at the start anyway. Okay, the two main dangers, are we talking about Peaceful and the Kiwi Philly Kalua flyby? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, the, um, the Kiwi Philly looks a nice filly and she's raced, you know, the good ones in New Zealand and they're used to the long trips over there. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think they're probably the two. Okay. Now, this filly went down to the, uh, the Breeders' Challenge last year. Uh, she was placed in that Group 1 final. You're obviously still learning about this filly, but do you like her? Is there a is there a motor under the bonnet? Yeah, I, I really like her. Um, she um, she seems to be just getting better all the time. Um, she she's a lightly framed filly, and and we turned her out after obviously the Breeders' Challenge, and she come back a lot lot stronger in her, in herself. Um, she's still got a little bit more to go. I think with more time, she'll be even better again. But. Um, yeah, she she's got very good speed and and she's quite strong as well. So um, she she's a, like I'm not saying she's as good as Antonia, but um, she she's probably not that far behind them sort of horses. So um, you know, and, and obviously that year Antonia's year was a very strong year. Um, so no, she's she's um, she's a pretty good filly. Yeah, you, you've trained some really good fillies. You mentioned Antonia, Vertigal springs to mind. She's all apples was another really good filly, but. This filly, you know, with a little bit more time and maturity, could develop into a high-quality filly. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, obviously, Antonia is the best filly I've had, and, and probably before her was Vertigal. But um, Vertigal is a very good filly, but she was very one-dimensional. So um, I think this filly could turn out to be at least as good as her. You know, she's she's got a little few more, you know, tricks up her sleeve. She can come out of the gate and and. As I said, she's quite strong and she's got good speed held up. So, um, you know, she's an all-round package, really. And, and I do think she'll keep improving as she gets a bit older. So after Saturday night, the New South Wales Oaks, have you sort of mapped her campaign? What are we looking at with her? Well, sort of not too far. Um, the owner said last year um, they sort of want to go New South Wales Oaks, Queensland Oaks, because she's, she's partly owned up there. 
and obviously the Breeders' Challenge again, I suppose. So, um, yeah, I'm not really sure what we're going to do in the short term after this week. She may go to the paddock for a little bit um, and, and just maybe chase the bigger races. So, um, yeah, we'll get through Saturday night and then reassess. But I think definitely the Queensland Oaks is a, is a target. Um, whether whether she goes back to Jason for that, I'm not too sure. But um, I think the owners are pretty keen to have her up there. Okay. Has Jason Carkey been on the phone uh, during this time leading up to the Oaks? Yeah, yeah. No, he's pretty happy. Um, he's actually coming down Saturday night. Uh, he's got a few friends down here. So, um, yeah, no, he's, he's excited to come down. Excellent. Uh, speaking of Queenslanders, the tax collector... He's recently joined your stable. He lines up in a New South Wales derby heat on Saturday night. How do you rate this guy? Yeah, no, he's a nice enough horse. Um, I wasn't really sure. It's hard to sometimes line up the Queensland form to Sydney. But um, he's he's actually quite a nice horse. He, he went really good first up, sitting outside Promised Land, who's obviously in, you know, a, a, a sort of Oaks filly. And um, and I think if she'd have drew in, if he'd have drew inside her that night, she, he'd have probably beat her. And and then and then he led one pretty easy the other night. I mean he had to win, but he got home in twenty seven two, which is a pretty good quarter around Penrith, and, and he still did it with the plugs in. And you know I, th- I think he will actually go better following them. You concentrate a little bit more. He's a little bit of a goofy fella. So I mean look, he's stepping right up in grade here. Whether he's up to these Derby horses, you know we'll find out Saturday night. But he's definitely not the worst one. He, he's actually quite a nice horse. Just looking at the Derby heats on Saturday night, uh, David, just tell me if you agree or disagree. A month, six weeks ago, it, it looked like it was going to be the race. Uh, there was so much talent being talked about headed towards the Derby. Um, some have gone by the wayside or changed direction. So there's no standout this year, is there? No, no, that's right. It's, it's like I, it's, To be fair, it's probably one of the weaker derbies for depth. You know, there's some still very nice horses in it. Um, there's probably two or three in each heat, you know. I think the first and the third heats are the two strongest heats for sure. But I mean, when you take out obviously the Lost Storm didn't come, um, School Captain didn't come, you know, they're probably two of the best two-year-olds in Australia to be fair. So, um, and, and obviously Mark Purden didn't bring anything. Um, so, so yeah, when you when you take two or three of the best ones out, it's obviously going to be a little bit weaker. But um, having said that, they're still very hard to win. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we'll watch that uh, series with interest there. And the other runner that you've got uh, lining up on Saturday night, Our Money Rocks. Uh, he's unbeaten for your stable. Four starts, four victories. Can he do it again on the weekend? Yeah, well, he's stepping up again, um, you know, Saturday night. It's obviously a lot harder race again, but um, he just keeps stepping up. You know, we thought he was, you know, when he, he was in the up to 80s and he won a couple of them, you know, um, pretty good. But that, that that was a lesser class, obviously. And, and last week was a step up again, and um, he didn't have any luck at all, to be honest. He was, he we thought he'd be sort of midfield somewhere, and he, he just couldn't get in and had to go back to last. And and he hung really bad at the top of the straight. Like I've probably never seen a horse hang as bad and still win. So, um, you know, he, he's a pretty nice horse. He, he's a, he's a horse, I think. Um, I mean, he won't sat parked his first couple of wins, you know, but. He actually can follow a really good speed, and that's what he did the other night. So um, hopefully he can get in a bit closer this week. And, you know, I think if they go a 50-mile, he'll he'll be thereabouts because he, he's very strong and, and he's got a good turn of foot. OK, we'll watch with interest when uh, he starts in that opening race there on Saturday night. How are the, uh, the babies coming along with the two-year-olds for this year? Um, I've got a couple of two-year-olds, but 
probably my best one actually fractured its leg the other day, so that was a bit hard to take. Um, a horse called Power to Impress, he's been trying really good. We'll get him ready for Bathurst and the gold, and um, he just nearly fell over in track work, and he actually fractured his paston, so um, he, he got operated on that night, and um, they've, they've given him a really good um, prognosis for return to racing. Everything was one fracture, and it was clean, and um, they were really happy with that, so uh, he's got to have three months off. Um, so, yeah, he's out of play. And um, I've got, actually got a two-year-old filly. Hopefully, he'll come up to Queensland. It's out of Forever Gold, an art major okay. filly. And, and it, it looks quite good. I'll just give it one trial. Uh, Josh Turnbull broke it in and give it a couple of preps. And he really liked her. And I just had her for a few weeks before, around Christmas time and just showed her the gate and that. And, and she actually gives me a good feel. So, big, strong filly. So, um, if she's half as good as a mother, she'll she'll be all right. You too, right. Power to impress. Is he the Lazarus Colt? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's disappointing news, but hopefully we'll get to see you uh, in Queensland later this year. Hopefully with Sky Blue and also uh, Forever Golds Philly uh, as well. So fingers crossed. I really appreciate the time this morning. Good luck on Saturday night. Hopefully there's another Group 1 victory just around the corner for you. Thanks very much, Chris. Here's David Thorne joining us. Uh, David was the man, Steve, that uh, brought us Expensive Ego. He did all the early work with Expensive Ego before he then uh, switched to the, uh, the McCarthy stable. So he knows his way around a good horse. I wonder what um, Matty Young thought of Penny Tiger last week. He joins us now. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, boys. Penny Tiger, what was your thoughts on Newcastle last week? Uh, well, he hit the gate, so uh, it sort of made things pretty difficult for him to be able to spear across and show that customary gate speed but um look i thought he was he was okay um sort of where his level is probably at at this stage and no doubt um he's going to continue to improve into an even better horse but yeah just sort of seeing some of the really good ones in the last six to eight weeks uh it's been interesting to see him go over there and you just sort of got the idea that he was going to be just outside that bracket of Miracle Mile contenders, and we get to see him go around on Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty tough to beat uh, Bondi Lockdown in that heat and uh, get himself a start in the Miracle Mile. But, yeah, look, I don't think he's disgraced himself, that's for sure. OK, well, fingers crossed for a, a better showing on, uh, on Saturday night. Let's focus on Gloucester Park uh, tomorrow night. Uh, nine race program, a couple of small fields there on, on uh, tomorrow night, Friday night. But how do you uh, sort of line up this card? Yeah, look, it's it's a little bit tricky. The numbers have been down a little bit lately, and um, we see there's actually more horses racing in Albany. On uh, it sort of creates a bit of interest in uh, the country meeting as well with good healthy fields, but. We've got a really good mare's race to open the program. Looks outstanding in that field. They'd better get it on. Cherish the memories of the Amber Hare. She's our hope, never mind the chaos and three rumours. All to do battle again. And the draws made it very interesting. Um, still the show horse that has got uh, big wraps. He is uh, in race number two. Uh, Regasso Mac, who's heading towards possibly a slot in the Nullarbor. He resumes after nearly a month off, so... There's a, there's a great deal of interest. Minstrels first up since the pacing camp. So, and that's uh, not including the main race, which is the Warwick, and uh, that's race five on the card. So there's going to be a lot of interest in the meeting. Numbers a little bit light, but the talent is there. 
Okay, well, where do we find your best bet then tomorrow night? Uh, I'm going to go race six, number one, Pride of Sun. Last start, he was just uh, obliterated basically by Valentine's Brook, who's racing in rare air. He's won his last five, and he's got really good gate speed, Pride of Sun. I think this is a bit of a drop back for me uh, in class, so I think he can lead and get away with a little bit here early. And from there, I think he can win the race. Don't bother me, none was really good last start. But prior to Sun, if he gets uh, just a steady lead time in the first quarter, he can run a very strong 1,200. So I'm expecting him to do that. So race six, number one, prior to Sun, to bounce back into the winner's list tomorrow night. All right, race six, number one, prior to Sun, the best bet. You just mentioned the Nullarbor. Any more announcements uh, as far as uh, who's got a slot uh, during the week? No, no, nothing, nothing uh, that I've really picked up on, but I haven't really been looking that closely at some of the news. I'm not as good a news hound as you, Chris. So, but um, yeah, look, I think Spirit of St. Louis was the last one that I saw invited, and uh, yeah, that's along with Labra Joe, of course. And uh, I think they're going to look towards Jumping Jack back or Diego for the Gary Hall slot, but. Yeah, there was, a, there was an article that was uh, penned over here by Tim Walker over who's going where and what uh, the other slot holders are looking at. Team Bonders uh, notified they, they'll make their final decision sort of the week going in. So uh, they're keeping their cards close to their chest. But I think a lot of people are sort of keeping, keeping their cards close to their chest this far out. We're still over uh, eight weeks away, close to eight weeks away, a little bit less than that now. So... It'll start to heat up very soon and uh, horses can really step up now and potentially put their hands up for a slot. All right. Well, we'll keep following that with interest. Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. And we've got the tip. Race six, number one, Prada Sun to go all the way tomorrow night. Cheers, guys.